0: All right, all right. Very good. Some of you have sprinted across the rooms to do that, which is great. There, we did it. We did it. To all you introverts, that's the only thing I'm going to do to you the rest of the day. Merry Christmas, everybody. We have good news. Even if our hearts are weak and weary and our lives are filled with struggles and challenges, we have good news. And it's okay to feel both the struggle and the good news all at once. And we get to celebrate this morning all the more uh, what God has done for us in sending His Son, Jesus. I want to read a familiar passage from Isaiah chapter 9, verses 6 and 7. As we get to celebrate Christmas morning on a Sunday together, thank you for being here with us this morning. I hope our hearts are greatly encouraged by these words and their truths and the God who's behind them and does them and fulfills them. Isaiah chapter 9, verses 6 and 7. For to us a child is born, to us a son is given, and the government shall be upon his shoulder. And his name shall be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. Of the increase of his government and of peace, there will be no end. Let's pray. God, as we consider the peace that you bring through the Son, Jesus We consider this peace a peace that will never end. God, I pray that it would bring a timely comfort and encouragement to our hearts, to our lives this day. Be with the preaching and the hearing and the receiving of this your word, we ask, O God, to your glory and our good. Amen. We gather on Christmas Day to celebrate what God has accomplished for us in sending his Son into our world into our humanity, into our need. This morning, in the midst of all that does or could trouble our souls, we indeed have good news of great joy. Jesus came to secure for us a peace that lasts forever. We've been focused on peace this Advent season. Peace as God's Word understands it. And we have defined this peace as the enjoyment of complete and permanent well-being. The enjoyment of complete and permanent well-being. God has secured that for us in Christ. And Jesus, this baby born on this day that we celebrate and recognize and remember, this Jesus came to shoulder quite a bit to give us this forever peace. As we consider it together this morning, especially from Isaiah 9, I want us to wrestle with these thoughts and be encouraged in heart. First of all, Jesus can shoulder our peace. Jesus can shoulder our peace. All that it entails, all that is required, all that is needed for us to have complete and permanent peace and well-being, Jesus can shoulder it. You might say, why? How? How can He shoulder this peace? Well, secondly, we find that Jesus is God in the flesh. He can shoulder our peace because He is God in the flesh. And you might wonder, what then does that make this peace? Well, if Jesus can shoulder our peace because Jesus is God in the flesh, that means Jesus' peace will never end will never end. Let's be encouraged with these truths this morning. First, Jesus can shoulder our peace. Jesus shoulders what we cannot. Look again at the beginning part of verse 6. For to us a child is born, to us a son is given, and the government shall be upon his shoulder. Jesus shoulders but we can't. And maybe you are in here this morning and you feel like your shoulders uh, have too much on them. You feel like you shoulder far too much, more than you can bear in this life. And I want to encourage you that Jesus shoulders it all for our peace. A couple of ways that we understand peace is obviously one is the absence or the removal of conflict. And in the shouldering of of everything that is needed and required for our peace, Jesus does indeed shoulder all of the conflict. In fact, His shoulders take away all of that conflict. As we've already been highlighting, and as as Ruth even felt impell- compelled to say, you know, He is risen, He is risen indeed. It's hard to not think of Easter at Christmas. It's hard not to realize that Jesus came to indeed shoulder all of that conflict. Later in his life we find. This moment in John chapter 19. So they took Jesus. And he went out. Bearing his own cross. Shouldering a cross. To the place. Called the place. Of a skull. Which in Aramaic is called Golgotha. There. They crucified him. He shouldered all. That was needed to take away our conflict. Later in the New Testament we are encouraged uh, by this understanding of what occurred there on that cross that Jesus shouldered. In Colossians 2.14 it says there on that cross canceling the record of debt that stood against us with its legal demands. This he set aside nailing it to the cross. Jesus came to secure for us a forever peace. And in that, he came to take away all the conflict. There's no more conflict with sin because Jesus took it all and overcame it. He took it all. He shouldered all that our sin required, all that our sin was due. Earlier in Isaiah 9, right before the verses that we read, it says all the stuff that we can't shoulder, in verse 4 it says, for the yoke of his burden and the staff of his shoulder, the rod of his oppressor, you, God, have broken. Jesus comes to take all that on. That which we could never overcome. He came to shoulder it. He showed up with shoulders to bear it all. Even as a little baby, even as an infant, the, the most vulnerable point you can be in your life. There, He came all the way down into our humanity and our weakness. To shoulder what we could never shoulder. And in so doing, Jesus does some remarkable things for us. With those shoulders, Jesus breaks the power of sin. Jesus breaks the power of sin over His people. And with those shoulders, Jesus pays the penalty of sin. Those shoulders are broad enough to pay it all, in full, with nothing left for us to bear, nothing left for us to shoulder. He paid it in full. And then, in his second advent, the advent that we anticipate and we look forward to, Jesus arrives with glorious shoulders that will remove the presence of sin forever. From our hearts, from our minds, from our bodies, from our lives, from this world, from this cosmos. There will not be a single square inch anywhere when Jesus returns that will have the hint of the presence of sin. Because he has the shoulders to bear it all. He takes away our conflict. Jesus' shoulders are also strong enough to bring about our overall, forever, complete, and permanent well-being. He brings about our well-being. Again, the Bible talks about peace in a very big way. We may think of peace as just maybe the absence of conflict, but it is that, but it is also so much more. Toward the end of his life, right before he was betrayed, right before he his shoulders endured all that the cross entailed, Jesus said these words to his closest followers in John chapter 14. He says these words to us now in his word to us today. Peace I leave with you. My peace I give to you. Not as the world gives do I give to you. Let not your hearts be troubled. Neither let them be afraid. It's an interesting juxtaposition, isn't it? The peace the world can give us is fleeting, it's incomplete, it's temporary. It's those things because it's not anchored to anyone or anything that is perfect, limitless, and eternal. But Jesus is. Jesus is perfect. Jesus is limitless. Jesus is eternal. So that which he gives is perfect, is limitless, is eternal. So the peace that he gives, the peace that he possesses, the peace that he is is then perfect, limitless, and eternal. The world can only give the level of peace it possesses. So I ask of us, all of us, are we asking the world to give what it does not possess? Are we asking the world to give us a peace that only Jesus has? Are we expecting the world to somehow manufacture for us that which Jesus has in full measure forever? And is so freely giving to his people. The anxieties, the anger, the apathy that this world can provoke in us, in our hearts. Those anxieties, that anger, that apathy, that thing that the world can provoke in us is greater than the fleeting peace it offers. So are we chasing the wrong thing? Consider that carefully this morning. Are you living your life in a way that's asking the world to give what Jesus is already provided and offering? Jesus brings about our complete and permanent well-being. A well-being that goes beyond the anxieties and the anger and apathy we fight in this world. Because it's anchored to Him. In Christ we have this. He arrived with shoulders sufficient enough to take away the conflict and to bring about our complete and permanent well-being. How? Well, because Jesus is God in the flesh. The next part of verse 6 in Isaiah chapter 9 speak a couple of things about the Son who was born. It says this, And His name shall be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace four names two groups each one revealing something additional uh, about this son who would come so first we have this wonderful counselor and mighty god these first two names speak to the divine nature of the son this is indeed god in the flesh wonderful counselor and mighty god are our descriptions of that can only be of god so this son who is born is god in the flesh Earlier in Isaiah 7.14, we had this promise that therefore the Lord himself will give you a sign. Behold, the virgin shall conceive and bear a son and shall call his name Emmanuel. We know that Emmanuel means God with us. And so here in Isaiah 9.6, we get that word Emmanuel fleshed out a little bit more. Wonderful counselor, mighty God. These names tell us who this son is. And our readings this morning from Ryan and Rosie as they helped lead us into worship. From Luke chapter 1 verse 32, we see that this Jesus, he will be great and he will be called the Son of the Most High. Again, these are descriptions that can only be divine. And then again, in Luke chapter 2 verse 13, For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior who is Christ the Lord. This is God in the flesh. He can shoulder all that is needed for our peace because He is God in the flesh. Second set of names we find is Everlasting Father and Prince of Peace. These second two names speak to the conditions this Son will bring about. To the conditions that the Son will bring about. Everlasting relationship with God. And a kingdom of peace that will know no end. What sort of conditions will God in the flesh bring? The everlasting kind. The kind of peace that will be forever. The Son brings about a new reality. That is safe and secure. But also sweet and special. This is a kind of peace. This son brings forward he can shoulder all that is needed because he is god in the flesh bringing about what only god can bring and then thirdly if jesus can shoulder our peace because jesus is god in the flesh this means jesus's peace will never end jesus's peace will never end look again at the very beginning of verse 7 of the increase of his government and of peace, there will be no end. There will be no end to what Jesus brings. Lots of things end in our lives. Jobs end. Health ends. Relationships end. Eventually our life ends. A lot of things end. We know what it feels like for something else. To end. We do not know what it feels like for something to never end. Never end. What Jesus brings will never end. There's no expiration date. It doesn't wear out. It doesn't get stale. It doesn't lose its luster. It never ends. It never diminishes. It's actually always expanding. It's actually the idea of this increase that Isaiah nine says, it's really the ongoing over abundance. Like like a spring welling up and just bubbling out, non stop, life giving water. It never ever ends. It just keeps going, increasing, ongoing abundance. It keeps expanding. And this is anticipating what Jesus will bring in full measure at his second advent. It will fill the entire cosmos. And it will last for all eternity. You and I will go from only knowing things Ending to never knowing what an ending means again. Because Jesus can shoulder all that is needed for our peace, because he's God in the flesh, and what he brings will never end. Again, from our reading, the beginning of our service in Luke 1 And the Lord will give to him the throne of his father David, and he will reign over the house of Jacob for some long period of time. No, forever. And of his kingdom, there will be no end. Those words echo again at the very end, the very end of our Bibles, the very end of time, the ushering in of Jesus' second advent in Revelation 11, verse 15. We find this echoed. The kingdom of the world has become the kingdom of our Lord and of his Christ, and he shall reign Forever and ever. A few Fridays ago, we had the privilege of, my wife and I had the privilege of sitting in with our silver and gold during their Christmas party. What a joy and blessing in that time was. During that time, I shared a few words just for our encouragement, and I want to share these words with you. In light of all that we just considered, in light of the fact that Jesus can shoulder everything that is needed for our peace, In light of the fact that Jesus is God in the flesh and what he brings will last forever, there will be no end to it. Hear these words. No matter what might be going on in your life, hear these words. No matter if this year ahead might be hard and difficult and painful in unexpected ways. Or maybe even expected ways, knowing that you may have to say goodbye to people you love. Maybe you are wrestling with some loss in your life. Or maybe there will be pain and unexpected challenges and circumstances that may come your way. So please carefully hear these words in light of who Jesus is and what Jesus has done and what Jesus brings. The best is yet to come. The worst will be no more. The best is yet to come, and the worst will be no more. And there will be no end to the joy and peace that we will enjoy forever. That indeed is a Merry Christmas. Jesus comes to make his blessings flow. Far as the curse is found. Farther still. They will keep going. Keep increasing. Keep expanding. What good news. Let's pray. God, we thank you for your word. We thank you that in Christ you have secured for us a forever peace. And I pray that our hearts would be encouraged greatly this morning as we rejoice in such great news. As we close this time singing, oh God, help us to sing. To sing even through days of sorrow, to sing through days of struggle, to sing in light of who you are and what you have done. Help us to sing. God, we anticipate the day in which the best will be here and the worst will be no more. And this forever joy and peace will be all that we will know with you. Strengthen us until that day. Sustain us until that day, we pray. To your glory, our good. In Jesus, our Savior, his name. Amen.